Welcome to the last broadcast of The Boldness for 2016 on today, the 21st of December. My name is Rafael Kalab. The Boldness is about standing up for your rights for people with a disability instead of waiting for some well-meaning person to actually grant them to you out of the goodness of the heart. On tonight's show, we have got Emma Benison who's the Chief Executive Officer of Arts Access Australia, and she's also the President of the Blind Citizens of Australia. Now, have we got Emma on the line right now? Yes, we do. Hello, Emma. How are you doing tonight? Good, thank you. And you? I'm extremely well. Now, we're talking about a very, very important issue here, and it's about media accessibility for people who are... Uh, visually impaired or blind. What have you got to say about this, Emma? Um, Yeah, well, audio description is a really important service uh, which we currently don't have on Australian television, but um, it is available on many um, DVD titles so people can actually find out uh, what it's like by actually selecting um, the audio description menu item in their language options on on many DVDs. Um, But just to give you an idea of what audio description is, for those who don't know, it's actually um, a commentary that runs uh, over the top of a a TV show or movie and it kind of is fitted in between the dialogue and um, in, in the gaps and it provides a visual, uh, sorry, a verbal commentary of visual elements of the program. So, for example, if you've got scenery that is relevant and um, uh, to the program that needs to be described or uh, maybe, you know, people's actions on screen um, so that you can follow uh, the, the show or the movie properly um, or it may be about costumes, anything that will provide uh, the information that a sighted person would get if they were looking at the screen. So... It's a really important um, service. The other aspects in media access for people who are blind or visually impaired is um, on-screen text. Um, we often see um, on-screen text for, um, for example, telephone numbers that flash up at the end of a program if people want to get in touch for more information or captions of um, the names of people who are um, speaking on current affairs programs and so forth and... Uh, Unfortunately, still to this day, it's very difficult to um, to get that information verbalised. So those are probably the key issues, I think. Well, Emma, is that with the audio description, 
Mm-hmm. Um, this really, really, really does interest me. I know that you've just explained on that it actually is available on most DVDs. Would you please um, repeat on how you actually did access that? I think you went, you go through the menu items and yeah. then you so, choose options, is it? Yeah, so when I say most DVDs, I think at the moment it might be at around 60 to 70% of DVD titles um, in the Australian market, as I understand. And um, the first thing you can do, in fact, is look for the symbol, which is like a circle with an A and a D in it, um, which is on DVD titles that contain audio description. You can also look on the back of the DVD where it says what language options there are, where it says, you know, Spanish, Italian, French, whatever. Uh, it'll often say um, descriptive audio or um, you know, video video description or English audio uh, description or something like that. So that's how you can tell. And then when you put the DVD into your um, player um, and you go to the menu and you go to language um, or audio options, depending on how it's set up, then you'll find um, the the option to select audio description. Well, is it? Thank you very much um, for that. Emma, is it? I wasn't aware that um, that was a way to actually access it. That's something which I'd like to actually have a mm. look at because now I know that it, sure. um, it can be done how to actually do this. Yeah, look, the other thing I would say is that um, Netflix, which of course is now available in Australia, um, has a very strong commitment to providing audio-described content um, and is doing quite well with uh, bringing out particularly a lot of their Netflix original series um, with audio description. And in order to access that, um, I I generally use my iPad or my iPhone to watch Netflix. But, um, and you can just actually select it from the audio options within Netflix or you can set your iDevice to automatically play audio description tracks if they're available. Um, so that's another way if people just want to... I think it's. I think one of the issues with audio description and the lack of awareness is that people, it's not like captions where people are visibly aware of it because they're seeing it on the screen all the time. Um, a lot of people, a lot of sighted people aren't even aware that audio description exists because it kind of happens in the background. And unless you know how to find it, then um, you often are not even aware that it exists, which I think is partly why it's so easy for um, broadcasters in Australia to ignore. Um, so I, it's um, it's really uh, quite quite straightforward if you want to check it out because I think without actually hearing a sample, um, it's hard to kind of get your head around how it works. Yep, is that um, when I heard the word audio description, is that I wasn't too sure on how to access it mm. and. I, part of it is that I'm not that technology mm. aware on how, to, but now that you've explained it, it's something which I can mm. uh, do some further research on. Mm. Now, is it with why would broadcasters in Australia uh, tend to basically ignore audio description? Um, well, look, I think there are a number a number of reasons. I, I should say at the outset that Australia is the only country in the developed world now that doesn't provide an audio description service on uh, any of its television networks, whether that be, you know, the ABC or um, 
for other broadcasters. So um, I think certainly one of the reasons is, um, well, what the reasons that they argue are that it's too expensive or that there are too many um, technical challenges to, to doing that. Um, but they have run a trial of audio description on, when I say they, this is the ABC now, have run a trial of audio description on free-to-air, uh, on their free-to-air TV service. Um, and they released a report about that in which they said that um, uh, it was you know, expensive and technically impossible to do this over the long term. Um, there are arguments to be made around that, um, both in terms of whether that's actually whether that is actually the case, but also um, the question of um, the fact that you know it is it is a discriminatory practice. Um, and then um, the second trial that the ABC did <clears throat> um, was a, a trial on ABC Ivy, and um, that of course is their online you know catch up service. And um, you could just uh, go to the you know program, the A to Z list of programs, and you could select play audio described programs, and then you get a list of which programs were audio described, and they audio described in both cases 14 hours of content um, per week. So, um, you know that was certainly a step in the right direction, and that that most recent trial ran for 15 months and it went until June, uh, the end of June this year. Um, and now we're back to having no audio description at all. Now we're waiting for a report on that trial to be released um, by the ABC and um, we'll be waiting that with interest to, to understand what, uh, you know, where they're intending to go from here. Um, there's also um, a a, some work being done to try to amend the Broadcasting Services Act um, so that hopefully uh, there'll be a broader approach to this and it can be uh, introduced, audio description can be introduced over time across um, all networks. But uh, there's a lot of work still to be done um, to get that through. Um, and in the meantime, uh, we still have no audio description on our, on our television service. The other thing is that um, even though, of course, iView is one solution, that only works, as you just said before, it only works if people are, you know, tech savvy. Um, also, for many people, they can't actually necessarily afford um, to have access to the internet, let alone to a computer or a smartphone. Um, so there are lots and lots of reasons. And also, people are still playing catch-up when they're using iView. So, um, for example, I have um, two children. I can't sit down, or I couldn't when the trial was on, and I still can't sit down with them and watch a program at the same time as them and have it audio described. I've got to wait. And so by the time I watch it, you know, the water cooler conversation or the dinner party conversation or whatever has moved on. Um, so, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a partial solution, but it doesn't... Um, it doesn't meet everybody's needs. Well, is it, Emma, is it... <clears throat> how, I mean, it sounds really... This is the obvious question, I think. How important is television and visual content uh, to people that are visually impaired or blind? Mm, that's a really important question, isn't it? Because a lot of people assume um, 
you know, that, that it isn't important. I mean, to give you an example, as you said at the beginning of the, the program, I am the CEO of Arts Access Australia, and Arts Access Australia is the national peak organisation um, that advocates for the rights of artists, arts workers and audiences to the arts as people uh, who are people with disability. So um, last, actually the week before last now, um, there was a series of programs on ABC iView and those programs were actually about regional artists with disability um, in New South Wales. It was a, a series of stories about those artists. Now, um, that series, of course, because we don't have the, the audio description service anymore on iView, was not audio described. Now, not only am I an artist myself and would I have enjoyed very much to watch those programs um, and understand a bit more about, you know, the work of those artists and um, and some of the challenges that they experience both as people with disability but also living in the region. Um, I also need to be able to advocate on behalf of those artists in my in my job. That is my role. So not to be able to have equal access and full access to that experience is actually impeding my ability to do my job. Um, the other thing is that, you know, when you're watching TV for pleasure, um, whether it be, you know, a, a drama or a murder mystery or whether it be, you know, the, the next episode of Australian Story, um, it's, it's really important to be able to um, participate in the in the public conversation about those things. And I know a lot of people who are blind or vision impaired who really enjoy um, watching, um, you know, TV programs and movies and so forth. Um, and particularly... Um, find it particularly uh, difficult to follow them. And there's often an assumption that people who are blind or vision impaired will, will necessarily, of course, you know, live with a person who can see. And that is just simply not the case. I know many people who are blind who live by themselves. Um, my own situation is that my husband is blind. So, um, you know, it's not as though I've got anyone uh, who, can, who can fill in the gaps, although... I have to say that my kids are starting to become quite good audio describers because they've watched a fair bit of audio described con content themselves. Um, but even so, the assumption should not be that somebody that you always have somebody with you or that you'd always want to watch the same content. So um, it's extremely important. And I'm, I'm, as you can probably tell, both personally and professionally, incredibly passionate about this issue. And I think... Um, you know, we've really, we've got to do something about it. It's embarrassing um, that we are so far behind on this issue. Uh, look, I totally understand um, where you're coming from with this, Emma, is that not only does it actually impede a person to actually maybe develop professionally, um, mm -hmm. like in the case of doing the advocacy work, which you've been described as part of your actual um, job description and your actual mm -hmm. role, from a social context, if a person isn't is basically shut off or not allowed into an actual conversation because they don't actually have access to what other people are saying about, that's another way of really um, isolating people even more yeah. instead of actually having a society that's supposed to be really, really inclusive. It's not mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. 
that's right. No, it really isn't. And you know, there's there is an argument that um, you know that's been run um, that that says, oh, well, you know, television is a visual medium, and therefore, uh, you know, the the ABC shouldn't be um, required to to provide audio description as an addition as an addition to that service. I mean, I would argue that it's not an addition; it's it's simply an access requirement. And if the ABC's charter is about, um, you know, building services which are inclusive of, of diverse communities, and if they can, you know, they're quite comfortable with providing captioning services, um, then I would argue that that there is simply no, there is no reasonable argument that says that audio description shouldn't fall into the same category. Yeah, well, it's a, um, from the ABC's point, from how you've how it's just been described, Emma, it sounds like a very much antiquated view of which the ABC is actually putting it here, that on one hand we'll provide captions uh, for people that may be hearing impaired or deaf, for example, but we're not actually going to do the audio description because a person is visually impaired because television was never supposed to do these things for people that were visually impaired. But I would think that in today's society where there are clear policies at both the state and federal level to actually have the inclusive society for people to actually join in the social activities which most people take for granted, that I don't think there's any other real choice other than to provide the audio descriptions, particularly as I understand the ABC is a not-for-profit organisation to start with. It's about the social inclusion and the actual values for society to begin with, in addition to which that I think it was, even with the internet, is that computers weren't originally supposed to be for the internet either. They didn't have an abacus there, but by the same token, if people have got um, a computer with the internet or something like that, it's an, actually an oxymoron. They, they tend mm. to go two in hand in hand together. I think the I think the difference going back to your point about captioning. I think the fundamental difference between captioning and audio description um, is that captioning um, requirements are enshrined in the um, broadcasting services legislation, and so you know that's why the work's being done to try and do something similar with audio description. But I mean that's going to take a long time, and and I and I really do think that um, you know the the um, the importance of this issue really can't be underestimated. It is is quite um, a serious one, especially when you consider that we've got um, an ageing population um, and a population which, uh, you know, more and more is going to require these these kinds of access services. So um, I I think we, we really do need to get on board. I, I, I find it quite disturbing that, as I said before, we're... We're the only country in the developed world who doesn't have audio description services on television. Um, you know, we're even we're lagging behind, dare I say, it, even New Zealand. Um, so, you know, it is, it is very concerning. Right now, how many uh, people are we approximately talking that are in Australia that might be blind or visually impaired? Uh, the, the latest figures would say around about four hundred and fifty thousand. Right. So, I mean, this is actually quite a significant figure that people. Um, that don't actually have access to something mm. which other people um, really take for granted, really. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Now, how long has the captioning been scripted in legislation for, would you know? Uh, I'm not entirely sure, but I think it's been quite a long time. 
Yep. And, well, I said, with the audio description, let's say if a person is watching, let's say, a television show and someone is maybe pulling a gun out of the holster, maybe it's a Western, mm-hmm. for example, mm-hmm. um, would something like an audio description uh, describe those type of actions? Yeah, yeah. So anything that is not, um, anything that is not immediately obvious um, through through the audio. So, for example, they might say that the person is pulling a gun out of a holster. They might not necessarily say that the person just shot the gun because, of course, you can hear that. Um, but they might say um, the bullet the bullet uh, landed in the middle of. X, Y, or Z person's chest, and there is blood pouring out, you know, etc. So, um, it's it's just it just fills in all the gaps. So, if you were to close your eyes, there are certain things that you would know because you'd hear them. And of course, blind people um, become particularly adept at putting the pieces together because, of course, it's been used to. Particularly, people who've been blind for a long period of time are used to trying to join the dots, so to speak. Um, but um, yeah, it just, they they basically the audio description basically fills in those those gaps where um, where it's not obvious. Um, for example, you'll have seen those dramas, crime dramas, or a particularly interesting one where often the whole the whole first five or ten minutes might be complete silence, um, or maybe not complete silence, but there won't be enough um, you know auditory information to give you a sense of what's actually going on. The other thing is that I've I've watched a lot of um, movies and other programs where I've watched them without audio description and, I, and I've actually thought that I've understood them very reasonably well. Um, and then I've watched them at a later time with audio description and realised that I've missed an enormous amount of the nuances and in some cases I've actually um, completely misunderstood the you know, parts of the plot um, without even realising it. I've joined the dots wrongly. So um, it is it is quite um, extraordinary. And I think um, I kind of I kind of liken it to being able to sit down and watch a program without having to do too much thinking. I never realised until we had the audio description trials um, how much kind of thinking I was doing to try and kind of figure out what was going on. And I, I kind of got to the point where I thought that was quite normal. Um, but actually, you know, it's, it's not. Um, and you should just be able to sit down and relax and enjoy a show without having to try and, you know, figure out what's going on. Yeah, because, like, I dare say, like, um, audio description, like, quite often a scene might change. That Let's say if it's a drama series, for example, someone might walk in through another door or actually into the room and that might actually change the whole conversation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's exactly right. And it's even... Yeah, or, or someone might give someone else a, a, a meaningful look, you know, and if you don't see that and you're not told, you can completely mis- misconstrue the whole, the whole thing. Yep, and look, and that's, look, and that's a big part about communication too, is mm. both the um, verbal and non-verbal forms that's of communication and um, clearly um, having audio description would be of a major benefit um, to everyone that was watching the programs. Mm, mm, mm. Look, it's also been, um, I 
I've been told that um, it's also quite can be quite helpful for people with um, learning disabilities, um, particularly people who are autistic, who sometimes find it very difficult to um, pick up on the emotional um, nuances or the emotional kind of connections between people in, in TV programs. So, you know, it's quite useful for a person with autism to hear uh, someone say, oh, that person is looking very sad or that person is looking very angry because sometimes they find that those cues difficult to um, to pick up. So um, I can certainly see how that would be an, an advantage. Right, well, we're talking with... I'm talking with Emma Benison, the Chief Executive Officer of Arts Access Australia, President of Biden Citizens of Australia too. Now, Emma, this is we're just about running short of time here. Are there ways that people can actually contact Arts Access Australia or what can they do to actually um, maybe bring this big issue of auto description to people's awareness? Yeah, look, I think, um, I think the important thing is uh, that people should um, definitely, if they feel strongly about this issue, be writing, you know, to their local member and letting them know that they feel strongly about this. Um, also, if you want to contact Arts Access Australia to find out more um, about um, about this issue, um, you can do that by either going to our website, which is www.artsaccessaustralia.org, um, or you can. Um, Right. Well, I said, thank you very much for your time, um, Emma. That's all we really have time for tonight. Uh, we've been talking, so thank you very much for um, taking the time out of your schedule to talk to the boldness about the big issue of audio description. Great. Thanks for having me. Okay. We've been talking with Emma Benison, the Chief Executive Officer of Arts Access Australia, President of Blind Citizens Australia too about audio description and the importance on how it should be included on TV in mainstream media and that's really what we've got in quick reflection about disability uh, roundup with the boldness uh, we've touched on quite a lot of things about the National Disability Insurance Scheme comes to, um, to mind very readily uh, we did a big thing with Al Gibbs with this uh, over the course of the year We've had a new panellist, Andy Britt, join the boldness. He's done an absolutely wonderful job. Thank uh, Finn you very Mir- much, Rep, yeah. That's quite okay. Andy's done a sterling job. Uh, Finn Mir is taking a break. Um, he's done a great job as co-host of the boldness. I'm Raphael Collab. We should be back on the 17th of January at 6 o'clock. I'm starting a new series tomorrow called A Rounding Virologist Stream at 1pm on 3CR. And we're going out with a song called Where all in a film and it's by heavy load and coming up next we have got tamil voices thank you and have a very happy festive season